Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine. Produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known as the East Bay Area. We're nearing that time of year again, the day when the barriers to the spirit world are said to be at their thinnest. Here on Full Circle, we want to celebrate nature's cycle of death and rebirth by exploring some other costumes we may have tried on in the past. Bodies, that is. That's right. Tonight we will be speaking about past lives. We're going to get a bit soulful and also a bit spooky at the same time here. Yes, on tonight's show, we will speak with Susan Lyons and Diane Wallace about their experiences helping others journey to their past lives. And we will explore the powerful impact this information has had on them and their clients. We will also listen to accounts of real people who remember their past lives. All that tonight on Full Circle. We are your hosts. I'm Kenny C. And I'm Laura Chagaray. Don't touch that dial. Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to Full Circle. You probably noticed the trees have begun to shed their leaves again, signaling the end of the summer and this year. Death and rebirth is an important part of nature, and so it is within us too. Halloween is a time to honor the death we've experienced throughout the year and a time to make peace with all the things we need to let go and celebrate new birth. In pagan times, the ritual of Halloween was known as Samhain and was celebrated on November 1st. It was known then as now as a time when spiritual activity is at its highest. Tonight, we ask you to reflect. Have you ever wondered why you feel a strong attraction to something or someone or why you have an unexplainable fear or phobia? Maybe you have dreamt of other times and other lives that felt so real you can't tell the difference upon waking. Perhaps certain skills come easy for you, almost as if you have done them before. Well, tonight we will be exploring the possibility that our attractions and fears indeed stem from and have carried over from lives lived long ago. Oftentimes we ignore experiences that appear to be out of the norm, writing these oddities and synchronicities off, giving them names like coincidence, deja vu, or paranormal. But could it be that there is something deeper underlying these experiences? Something that is not immediately, something that is not immediately tangible to our rational minds? We will be speaking with past live regressionist Susan Lyons and Diane Wallace about their experiences leading folks into guided explorations of their past lives. Since the dawn of time, communities around the world have engaged with the spirit world in this way. And almost every culture and religion has something to say about reincarnation, right? 
But it has only been in the past few decades that modern man has really begun to work with and give space for the spirit in this way. Many accounts have surfaced over the years from folks claiming they remember a time before their current life. And many of these accounts, not surprisingly, come from children. Here is one mother's story. Kate was very good as a baby. He slept a lot. Calm, quiet. Right about the time Kate was three, he would wake up screaming about falling. And the Statue of Liberty. And about his leg being broken off. That feels creepy. He began drawing. Um, it would start off with things like lightning. Two buildings. Man falling off. In my head at the time, I did begin to think he was describing 9-11. As a mother, I was concerned about the fact that so early on he was obsessed with death, dying, but he would always assure me that uh, we don't die. He would constantly tell me we don't die and that he picked me. He would tell me that he chose me. He would tell me he was older than I was. Okay, that was creepy. But tonight, we are blessed to have with us Susan Lyons and Diane Wallace, past life regression therapists, to help us dissect these kinds of experiences a bit further. Susan leads a monthly group at HCH, an institute for hypnotherapy and psychospiritual trainings located in Lafayette, California. She helps those who are curious to get in touch with the other bodies they have inhabited. Her main focus is to bring about healing through awareness. And Diane Wallace is a hypnotherapist specializing in past life regressions and a clairvoyant who reads auras, past lives, and can communicate with spirits. Her first past life memories broke through in 1993, which sent her on a quest to better understanding this hidden realm. She completed three years of psychic training in the late 90s and continues on to complete 200 hours of hypnotherapy and the Hypnotherapy Training Institute in Marin. In 2010, she enhanced the past life regressions process by studying with an um, with and now using Dolores Cannon's technique. The focus of her work is empowerment in the present life through alignment with one's soul's consciousness. Welcome, Welcome to the show, Diane yeah. and Susan. Thank, Thank you. you. We're so honored to have you. Yeah, we're honored to be here. So how did you fall into this line of work? Uh, so interesting story. My grandfather was a hypnotherapist and his specialty was past life regression therapy. Um, so I was exposed to that and found it very interesting as a young kid, as a young person. Um, in my even 20s and 30s and even teens, I was really interested in the occult and spirituality and kind of the unseen world. Um, and so when my grandfather passed away, I was asked if there was anything that I wanted of his, and I said I wanted all of his hypnotherapy work. Mm. So that was a, a source of inspiration for me, but I hadn't up to that point thought about it as a career um, until one day I was just at a crossroads in my life, and I thought, what am I doing? What, 
what's my next step here? I want to bring more help and healing to the world. And I was sitting on my back porch and the word hypnotherapy popped into my head. And so I, from there, sought out a school to study at, which I found at HCH Institute in Lafayette. Um, and the other interesting part of the story is, um, and I didn't find this out until after I had finished my training, that I was actually exposed to this in the womb. My mother was living with my grandparents when um, my father was in Vietnam, and she was being hypnotized by my grandfather for anxiety and also sitting in on some of his regressions while she was pregnant with me. Wow. So finding this out after doing the training was just another confirmation for me that this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. How about you, Diane? Well, I kind of got dragged in kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, when I was young, I w- sometimes would see spirits, and it freaked me out. And so I, for a year, I slept with the covers over my head, and I said, mm. I don't want to see any more spirits. And so um, years went by, and um, then in the early 90s, I met someone who I had an instant recognition for mm-hmm. and um, uh, these past life experiences or visions started coming through. I didn't know they were from the past. I mm-hmm. thought I was losing my mind. And finally, a friend of mine said, well, maybe they're from the past. And that wasn't even part of my uh, previous Christian upbringing mm-hmm. in my family. So um, I went to a psychic who Uh, read my past life and she told me everything that I was seeing. (laughs) So um, that started me on my path and then I um, the spirit world, I just kept coming into contact with people who were having spirit issues like um, uh, where they'd had uh, beings following them all their lives and you know so I was helping a friend of mine to try to get free from a spirit and uh, that's a whole story in itself. But wow. over time, I realized I need tools to deal with the spirit world. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went and uh, to Intuitive Way in Walnut Creek mm-hmm. uh, to study with David and Ann Pierce. And I did that three years. And then after being able to read people's past lives during the aura readings, um, I thought, you know, I think I can help people more by allowing them to experience their own past lives in regressions. And so I then went on to uh, specialize in past life regressions. That's why I studied hypnotherapy. Wow. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So what are some of the reasons folks come to you all to experience their past lives? Um, well, obviously, they're going to be a curious and open-minded person to sure. start with, but probably because something is not making sense. There's no logical reason for some of the things that are going on in their lives. Um, and so they realize that there's more to the story, um, and they want to heal. Maybe it's a phobia or issues with relationships. Those would be two big ones, or an injury or an ailment that maybe there's no re- medical uh, reasoning for. Um, so again, being curious and open-minded and things aren't making sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would echo that as well. And also, um, a lot of people come because they feel stuck. Mm. They feel like they've tried all the different avenues avail- available to them with all different modalities. And it just seems like some otherworldly problem or from somewhere else entirely. 
So we know that hypnosis has oftentimes been criticized and ridiculed in the past, sometimes referred to as sorcery or quackery. Um, but we also know that the human race has been exploring altered states of consciousness for a long time. Fasting, meditation, sleep deprivation, plant-based substances, and even ecstatic dance are all tools that were used by peoples of the ancient world to bring about trance states. Um, oftentimes folks who could achieve these kinds of trance states were revered as priestesses, prophets, shamans, and the like. Can you speak a bit about how you use the hypnotic process? Sure. Um, so this is done um, in the interest of health, healing, and out of love. So um, we're not practicing any mind control. We're not trying to implant suggestions. Again, this is for healing. And pe- the people that come to us are coming for healing. And they're putting their trust in us. Um, so it's important for us to create a safe space for them. Yeah. Mm, sure. Do you want to uh, go further into it? Yes, I would mm-hmm. echo that. And um, that's actually one of the reasons why I went further into hypnotherapy as a healing modality because I wanted people to really um, hear the words coming out of their own mouth, yes. you know, to where they could, you know, as a clairvoyant, I can read your past life. Mm-hmm. But me speaking it, you could easily say, oh, she made that up. But when it comes right through your own mouth, then it's you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. We want to acknowledge that there are many ways in which folks remember their past lives. Sometimes it happens sporadically. That That's my case, one of them. Um, and sometimes it happens in a dream or in one-on-one sessions. Um, what does the process of going in in a group setting looks like? Mm-hmm. Or feel like. Yeah. So um, the monthly group that I lead at HCH um, is different than doing one-on-one. Um, doing a one-on-one uh, past life regression, it would just be myself and the client speaking and there'd be a conversation going on. In the group setting, it will be just me leading the hypnosis session. Um, so we we usually lay out that um, with creating a safe space, um, having a little introduction or icebreaker at the beginning and a discussion around what the topic for the evening is. And then it would be me leading basically a guided meditation and relaxation to get people out of their conscious mind into their creative, all-knowing state. Um, And then they're having their own internal process while I'm speaking. Um, And then they are um, able to share afterwards. And the sharing part is actually a really beautiful thing as people kind of feed off of each other and they feel like, okay, I'm not the only person that's having these experiences. And it creates a community um, and a sense of knowing that I'm not the only one. So. Sure. I can imagine the power of of listening to other people's stories being heard and, and getting the chance to speak. Um, so what are the different kinds of sensory ways that folks can experience past lives? I imagine not everyone experiences this as visual. Um, I'm sure there's a number of ways. There are some feeling states that people go into where they're not seeing visuals. And I work one-on-one with people, not in a group. So I'm glad you took that last question. <laughs> um, 
sometimes they'll go to a place and they'll say, oh, everything's black or everything's dark. And um, I don't get freaked out, you know. It's like they've gone somewhere important. And so I ask them how it feels to be there. And um, a lot of times it'll be, oh, it's soft and warm. It might be even a womb-like thing. So um, you can't prejudge where people are. Just ask them questions and allow them to find their way through it. You might have to move them along into a different space, but it's different for everyone. Some people are very visual, and they get it right away. They can see lots of pictures, and um, yeah, it's totally unique for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things, Susan, and your groups that you always stress is the importance of experiencing a life from beginning to end. Um, in order to experience a past life, we really have to go through birth and all the way up into death. Um, why is it important that we experience a past life from beginning to end? Well, partly because you want to get a complete picture of the life um, and not just be focused on, let's say, a relationship or a fear or phobia, but the dwelling where you lived, the skills and work that you do, the social, economical, or environmental factors that are going on at the time, because these all play into getting the complete picture. Also, looking at the time frame that you're in the past life is interesting and fascinating as well. Um, But also moving through um, the things that would stand out um, as an experience that's affecting you now in your current life. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons we do this work is to remove those blockages. Um, And then also the death experience is very important for a couple of reasons. One being we want to make sure that the um, person that passes away, actually the body actually goes into the light and doesn't hang around um, here in the earth plane. Um, And the second reason is that um, the death experience sometimes can be a very traumatic experience. And we want to find healing around that. Also, statements or contracts maybe that we make, um, like on our deathbed, like, I'll never forgive this person, or I'm going to have revenge next time around. Those those kind of the energy around that um, statement and our last thoughts and feelings are something that we are going to take with us. And um, if we don't heal those things, those are the things that we're going to be bringing into the current incarnation. Mm. Also, the interlife experience, which is after um, the death of the body, is a really important part of the experience because that's where we find forgiveness for ourselves, for others, and that's where the healing happens. And it's actually a very beautiful place. Wow. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's important to go through the death experience. Um, also, as a review of that lifetime, uh, once you once the client has moved beyond the body into the spirit realm, you can ask them, you know, what uh, they thought about that life, different questions about that life, so they can review it and come to peace, like she's saying. Um, and in Dolores Cannon's technique, then. After that, you would move into connecting them with their soul directly, and then you could ask them other questions about that life. So, yes, very important. 
to go through the death experience. That sounds so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is definitely powerful stuff. Thank you both so much for sharing your insight with us. We will be right back with more from Susan and Diane, but first, let's hear some music. to Full Circle, folks, he, right here on KPFA 94.1 on your FM dial. You just heard Synchronicity by Rising Appalachia. Tonight, we're crossing over to the spirit world with two very special guests, both of whom have facilitated past life exploration for folks. And this, um, beyond this linear experience we're living... So we've been talking a lot about what the process of guided past life exploration looks and feels like, but now we'd like to go a bit deeper and talk about the outcomes this kind of journeying has brought about and the insight you have gained from facilitating these kinds of experiences. So in your respective experiences, what have been some of the results for folks who have participated in this kind of journeying? Diane? Oh, sure. Um, So, um, one woman came to me, and she is a very talented musician, uh, singer-songwriter, and she was just having a hard time launching her career. And there was a relationship she was in that she couldn't seem to sort out what was going on with it, but she felt like it was holding her back. And so we did a regression, and um, I won't tell you exactly what she experienced, but um, 
she came out on the other side very much at peace with it and very much empowered to go forward with her career. And so now she's out there singing and performing and um, she said it, it just made her turn a corner that she never had to go back to the old life. So I get a lot of stories like that where people and also in my own life um, being able to leave the past in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the emotions that people get into when they experience those lives, how, how do you deal with those? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people will cry uh, or experience, sometimes they experience pain. Of course, as a hypnotherapist, Susan knows that mm-hmm. we can just tell them you will feel no pain and all of a sudden, magically, they don't feel pain. Um, and it's very important um, to guide them through those spaces and know that they're supported mm-hmm. to sometimes they have to view it remotely but um, but to guide them through those painful experiences and just to keep asking them questions moving them forward and um, yeah it can be difficult to go through I imagine it's a similar thing with with fear. Do you have a way that either of you deal with fear upon, you know, say someone comes out of an experience and and they're incredibly afraid? Is that something that happens or how have you dealt with that? I would actually um, probably know that they are dealing with that while they're in hypnosis. I see. Um, and uh, one of the really important things is to bring in higher self and guides when we're working in past lives. Um, so um, I like to set that up at the very beginning with our intention, and I weave it into the process throughout the process. Um, and in the groups, when I'm not having a conversation, I might not know that somebody's experiencing fear, so I give some direction before beforehand to if you're feeling afraid or if you're feeling any pain to watch it from above mm-hmm. or watch it like a movie show um, or also to call on your higher self for help. Can you speak a little bit more about guides and and our higher self? Sure. Um, so we all have spirit guides, um, usually one or two, usually one that's with us our entire life, and sometimes other guides, one or more that might come in during certain um, situations in our life when we might need them. Um, and our higher self um, is a part of us. It's a part of us that's connected to the divine, a part of us at a soul level. And our higher self actually helps to pick our guides before we come down for this incarnation. So we have a team of helpers. Mm-hmm. And a really <laughs> important thing to remember is to we're ask for alone. help. <laughs> yes, we're not alone. And to ask for help. People forget to ask. Our guides, that's their job. They signed up for it, and they are ready and willing to help us if we remember to ask. Wow. Great. Anything you want to add? So we are wondering how having knowledge of our past lives can change our overall life philosophies relative to time, our environments, and also the folks we interact with and move through life with. I imagine you both have had maybe like first timers come to you and maybe the way they view life changes perhaps after they have an experience. Well, I've noticed that people feel a sense of peace and well-being when they leave because it's very important to get this information and it comes from your subconscious. It also comes through from the higher self and, um, 
people come in very restless and feeling, like you say, maybe fearful. Um, but after the session, when they have their answers, then there's a clear path forward. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I spend time, well, the session I do hooks them up with their higher self at the end. So the higher self actually tells them i'll ask what's the next step and their own higher self will tell them Um, but then after the uh, session i'll also sit with the client and we'll talk about what's the next step and and their experience and so it can bring that more into a grounded reality here incredible um So I'd like to just take a minute here to explore how we as a society tend to rationalize our experiences, Um, things that are called deja vu, coincidence, ghosts, the paranormal. Making use of this kind of terminology has made it really easy for us as a society to write off our experiences of anything out of the norm or anything which cannot easily be explained in logical terms. Why do you think it's so difficult for us to grasp that there might be more to life than what we see on a day-to-day basis? How about Susan? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think part of it is control. So if we think that things are beyond our control, um, that's a little spooky. Um, What else? Just lost my train of thought here. (laughs) You can jump in, Diane. Oh, yeah. It's just fear. Yeah. yeah, fear of the spirit world. Uh, like she's saying, you feel out of control. You feel helpless. Um, I felt that way. That's why I went and did the three years of, of psychic training so I could mm-hmm. feel comfortable and powerful in the presence of spirit beings. Yeah. So I no longer have any fear of spirit beings. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. But there's the conditioning, whatever word the conversations at home you know some people have uh, lots of preconceived ideas about this kind of stuff worried that people might think we're cuckoo yeah if we talk about our experiences is another one for sure Sure. but it's interesting once you start getting people talking (laughs) and they start talking about the subject people have a lot of experiences and a lot to share if they're in a comfortable environment where they can do that sure i imagine setting up a safe space is a huge thing for both of you it's a huge i'm sure precedent to having a comfortable open experience Mm -hmm. wonderful well thank you both for sharing your insight with us we both think your work is truly fascinating um and i believe susan you have a meetup coming up in november am i right november 7th um which is a wednesday and it's at 7 p.m at hch institute Fantastic. And what is the organizing topic of this one? Fears and phobias. Oh, it's a really good one. It's a really popular one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Diane, you want to give us, um, do you have anything coming up or you want to share your contact information? Uh, Yes, uh, willowdancerspiral at gmail.com if you want to contact me. I don't have any events coming up. I work one-on-one with people, Mm -hmm. and uh, you can contact me if you're interested. And for the audience, we're going to have this on our um, page, Apprentice, kpfaapprentice.org. Lovely. And we will be right back after the short music break.
Lost all the facts, slipped through the cracks, spread around Under and down to Full Circle on 94.1 FM. Um, that was Drop by Elephant Revival. And tonight we are speaking with past life regressionists Susan Lyons and Diane Wallace about their experiences guiding others, um, reviving their past lives. And I have one burning question <laughs> um, that didn't get answered before I wanted to ask what about people who have a hard time going into a trance so-called or being hypnotized any thoughts about that well the hypnotic state is actually a natural state um, for example you're driving to work in the morning you get to work and you don't remember how you got there you were just in an altered state mm-hmm. so these are natural normal states mm-hmm. um I would say um, for the person to trust the therapist, the hip, uh, the hypnotherapist that they're working for, uh, working with rather, is very important, and their environment, how it's set up mm-hmm. for them, is very important. Um, and relaxation can take practice for some people. I see. So that might be me. That <laughs> might be my case because. Um, We're going to start sharing our, our, I know you guys cannot share your um, clients' experiences, so Kendall and I got together and said, okay, we're going to tell what happened to us. So Absolutely. if anybody has any questions. <laughs> um, so do you want to So Laura, you want to go first? Okay, here you go. One Sunday morning, while I was having a conversation, I suddenly felt irritated and sick to my stomach. My friend asked me if I was okay. I wasn't. It was not what he feared, but I wasn't okay. Imagine trying to convince others that you're fine when an eerie reality is spinning in your head and stomach. Later, I curl into a semi-fetal position and close my eyes trying to make sense of what was happening. I could sense the movement of images. There was a video message in the darkness of my head. 
The sun morning rays were shining on the sea waves. The mid-sized wooden galleon was sinking. There was a round hole in one of the sides, a cannonball hole. Somehow I could not swim. My body was stuck or tied. I was a young girl, about 12 years old. Long, untied, light brown hair. Long, pale dress with puffy sleeves. Black-bearded men was stomping all over, barking orders, grabbing what they could or frantically trying to save themselves. The coast was near. I could hear the splashing water and the muffled sounds kept fading as my body sank with the boat staring at the sun rays dancing on the surface. It didn't have to be this way, I thought. This is so sad. Then the movie changed. This time we were on land, flat land in North America. My village had been raided and I was running to hide in the bushes. I stayed still for what seemed an eternity. When I finally moved, I saw the bushes were bordering a meadow and there was a grass hut and a big man with a white and golden brown spotted horse. Sensing my movement, he stepped down from the horse and came to greet me. He extended his open hand as an offering of help. He wore light yellow leather pants and his body seemed huge and muscular like a football player. His wide and bony face was framed with thick black braids. We spoke different languages and he was older than me. I guess our time together didn't last much longer. I kept mentally asking for the meaning of these images and the responses came in a form of more images, feelings and a sense of knowing some things. I understood that the anguish and sadness was because I tried to prevent these other life tragedies, but I couldn't. I got that I used to psychically see into the future, but could not convince others to take preventive action, and it broke my heart. As the movie started to fade, I came back to my body and the familiar room around it. I'm no stranger to the concept of past lives. Many years ago, a dear friend took me to a hypnosis session, and while under a trance, I saw myself as a young girl living in the flatlands of Argentina. So I knew that what I'd just seen belonged into that category. In this experience, my father was my current father, and my mother was my current mother too. Now, how I know that is beyond me. Have you ever had an inexplicable certainty about anything? That day, I decided to call my father. He's the one in my family who had been reading about past life memories and would understand. Surprisingly, as I started to relate my visions, the movie began to roll again. This time, Even with my eyes wide open, I could still see the video and I got more details, connections, and understandings. Now I know why I get so anxious when people don't listen to what I have to say. 
My father listened attentively, and when he spoke, he shocked me. Turns out that he had been reading a Dolores Cannon book the night before. He told me he just read a passage about how some people have had psychic abilities in a past life, but because they had a negative experience with them, they decided to shun away from disabilities in the current life. Now, what are the odds of that? Thank you for sharing your incredible story with Great us. Story. <laughs> yeah. Any any comments? I'm still I'm still trying to understand what happened and how come um, I didn't get um, hypnotized. This I guess that's the word. But things happen. Keep trying. Uh huh. <laughs> I think it's incredible that in that life you were you were basically. You know, you weren't heard. You didn't feel like you could speak your truth. And look at you now. You're on the radio. That might be why I'm here. You're breaking (laughs) patterns, you know? Yep. So I think it's interesting how that sort of came into this life, too. Yeah. 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 I want to just point out real quick that we do travel in soul groups. So Uh it's not unusual that you are having a lifetime now with the father that you had from a previous life yeah Yeah. i i do believe that yes definitely it feels like that beautiful well thank you again for sharing laura and now if i may i'd like to share a past life memory of my own it was one of the most vivid and life-changing experiences i have had to date and it happened earlier on this year in one of susan's meetups The guiding topic was exploring a past life most related to a current life question or issue. Here it is. Everything is very dark and murky at first. I feel shadows of tall trees all around me. I look down at my feet. They are bare and wide and small. I am small and dressed fully in brown angled cloth. I have long braided hair tied with red string. There's water running nearby, a dark trickle through a wet path. Behind me, the waterfall and a deep watering hole teeming with orange fish. My antlered friend close by, ever watching over me. I am a warrior of kind, with a small but sturdy bone weapon like a bow. I am young, perhaps ten, and yet I am capable, I am aware, and I have animals for friends, and water all around. And then, in the darkness, out from the tall bush, an intruder, a threat, Deer sees him and takes off. He is tall and dark-skinned, but more golden than I. He is painted in places and carries long, thick arrows on his back. He is menacing, and upon discovering me, intent in position. I flee, run off hard into the forest, navigating with ease those cool paths I know so well. I creep in haste as the rabbits do. I have learned much from them and their ways. A deep stone cave in the side of a rock wall bordering the swimming hole, well hidden. Breathing heavily, I enter. Traverse dark, cold, narrow tunnels to the very back of this place, my home I have made. It is just me here. No one else lives here. There's a nice fire at center. There are some drawings, some bone tools, some arrows, and a knife. 
Upon the dirt ground, a blanket, a resting place, very simple but warm and just. Beyond this, a lookout, beyond the falls, an open meadow up above where all my dear friends graze, their horns silhouetted by the bright light of the moon. My strengths, I am an excellent hunter, and though I am young, I eat well. I gather berries and nuts, and I spear fish in the well down below. I eat rabbit, and I am warm at night. A reflection in the pool one day as I am hunting. An old man with a weathered face and white hair. An elder, a teacher, a medicine man. He has made his dwelling higher up in a cave directly underneath the great waterfall. And he too keeps a nice fire in a warm round space. I visit him now and again, sit cross-legged in front of him with a piece of burlap laid out between us. He teaches me about stones and leaves and plants and the spirit world and the healing powers in this jungle. Another reflection, an older girl. This is my sister. I see her only rarely when she comes to check on me to make sure I am alive and well. Why am I alone? Where is my family? I choose to move backward in time. I find myself in a loving place, in a warm, bustling dwelling. My mother is here, my father is here, my older sister and my baby brother. Baskets are being woven, hides hung up to dry, and there is meat cooking over the fire. A true home. I am young, sitting on the floor of this place with creative, needful work all around. A small, bustling village in which we live. One day, a group of outsiders, led by a tall, menacing man, appear. He is ruthless. He takes our grandmothers and mothers and our medicine mothers, and he beheads our men. The image of a warrior with my father's severed head in his hand. My older sister, he takes her for a wife. My younger brother, he recruits him for his army. Our medicine men, outcast and defiled. The small boy in the dwelling next to ours, my playmate and fellow adventurer, destined to be my partner come time, wedded to this new chief's daughter, a way to strategically secure this new era of leadership. On the altar with his daughter, his eyes are sad and far away, but he has been spotlighted and has not the luxury of escape now as I do. My sister too, a sadness deep in her eyes and in her being. But what is she to do? She must live now this new way. Of this new society, I refuse to be a part. And so I flee with a few small necessary belongings. And I go out into the forest to live in my own way, under the control of no one. And so I am alone, but I do not feel lonely. This is the way things must be. My death. I am standing in my dwelling near the far side of the fire. Someone is here. The leader. He has found me and is fast approaching through the tunnels. He advances toward me, calm and stern, with large spear and hand aimed towards my chest. I am young still, no more than 14. I retreat to my lookout, contemplate the watery pools below. He draws nearer. I fall to my death in shallow water, breaking body on cliffside. My sister at the banks, she has seen the whole of it and has a deep look of despair upon her face. I am happy she is here. I fly up and out of my body and swirl around her, encompass her in love. She feels this and knows this. Then on to my medicine man, a pebble I misplace there on his burlap. He is calm and all-seeing. Nothing needs to be explained here.
Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. That was Kendall sharing her memories of a past life she journeyed to in one of Susan's meetup. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I still can't remember if I was actually speared off the cliff or if I jumped freely. But I sort of have this deep feeling that I did jump freely, choosing to die in my own way as I did in life. And I was really surprised that this is what came up for me as what related most closely to a current life issue Mm -hmm. because it seems like it was such a far away life, you know. But it's true because it does relate. Um, In this life, I am choosing to forge my own path as I did then. And I know it's the only one for me, despite the pressures of society to do something more conformative or something more mundane or something that maybe makes more money. So I'm happy I got to share it with you guys. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you, Susan and Diane, for Thank being you. with us. Thank we you. really appreciate Absolutely. your time and attention. Um, we also want to pay uh, homage to Michael Newton, who has since passed away. He's one of the um, people who decided, like Dolores Cannon, we didn't really have much time to cover that. Um, but I do recommend uh, Michael Newton's books um, and Dolores Cannon's. She's had... I think every 18 different books, mm-hmm. maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highly, highly recommend any of them. They're guaranteed to blow your mind away. <laughs> um, and um, let's hear what Michael Newton has to say about past lives. A woman came to me with feelings of isolation. She was very disturbed. I thought this was a typical case of of someone who was depressed. She felt none of her friends were around her. She felt lonely. She felt disconnected from society. Okay. So I took her first into her childhood. We talked about childhood friends. There were not many. And apparently they did not relate to the people she was looking for. So then I moved her into a past life. Now once again, I need to tell you that this lady was very somnambulistic. She went very deep, very fast. I asked her to, once again in frustration, when we did not have any results from her past life, where she saw a few friends, but not the people she was looking for, go to the place and time when you last saw your group of friends that you're missing. This was the key. This unlocked the door for me because the word group is a trigger word because we have spiritual groups. Suddenly, she was in the spirit world. I, of course, did not know there was such a thing. Most people who work in past life regression think that there's nothing more than a grayish limbo between lives. And, of course, today I know this is not true. In this woman's case, she began to cry. She was laughing for joy and crying at the same time with her eyes closed, pointing to my office wall. There they all are. And I said, where are we? I thought we jumped into another life. I didn't know where we were. Oh, she said, I'm in the spirit world. These are my soulmates. These are my spiritual friends. And I'm thinking, oh my God, why me? I I mean, you couldn't pick a more inappropriate person than myself for this kind of analysis. I, I was not that metaphysical. I truly wasn't. I did my best, and I found out a little bit about this soul group and 
discovered that she truly was between lives. And I just want to tell you that I began to realize there was much more in the world that I didn't know of and that, in fact, I had been given with this tremendous gift to be given a key to learn the things that I wanted to learn all my life up to that time. Who are we? Why are we here? Who sent us? And where are we going? So, from that case, uh, I worked for years on thousands of cases all through the 70s and 80s. Uh, other works began to come out indicating that there was something more to just past life regression. There was this other area, perhaps. Finally, when I had pretty close to about 7,000 cases and boxes and boxes of notes, I really retired from Los Angeles where my practice had been and moved up to where I am today in Northern California in the Sierra foothills. Began to write my first book, which was published in 1994, and I'll show it to you. It was called Journey in Souls. Welcome back to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. You just heard Michael Newton, one of the foremost researchers of life between lives, literally our experience between lives. Michael's work really is fascinating, and if you'd like to know more, I suggest you check out any one of his three books, all based on thousands of case studies he conducted over the period of several decades. Yeah, and um, Diane, you were going to say something that... Yeah, I wanted to um, bring it back around to healing, which Mm -hmm. is why um, I'm in this field, and also time, because we talk about past lives, Mm -hmm. but uh, Einstein would say that time does not exist, and so, and also Dolores Cannon talks about that a lot, how we're we could be simultaneously living all these experiences at once. And so that makes healing in the present moment very profound. Mm -hmm. The Native Americans say that if you can heal something in your family line or within yourself, it heals it backwards and forwards seven generations. So time doesn't exist in the space of healing. And that's the main focus for me is, is healing 360 Again, Dolores Cannon talks extensively about this and um, she talks about living several lives at the same time and um, actually sometimes she, instead of regress, she forwards people into the future. So you do want to read those books. Um, whoa, 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 back up. Can we talk about that for just half a second? Okay. Future, future lives? Yeah, that's the, possible. This is a thing? Yeah. Yes. It does <laughs> exist. Um, I will I will say that um, it's happened before when we will regress somebody and ask them to go to the source of where this, let's say, injury or where this relationship was created originally. If you're not using the word past life, a person might spontaneously even go to a future life. So it is important for us to have wording around if we are exploring a past life and we're sure we want to explore that. Or if we want to just go to the root cause, it could end up being in the future. But again, if there is no real time and time is not linear, yeah, it's all just a big circle. That yeah. is so mind-boggling. I love it. Wow. 
So that is just about it for us tonight, folks. A big thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. It's been such an honor to have you here. Uh, Before we wrap up, we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the recent passing of John Turk, former musical director at Glide Memorial Church. And this is his music. John Francis Turk Jr. passed away on the 13th of this month. And while he has passed on from this physical world, he will continue to live on in our hearts and our spirits. And I'm quite sure he will continue to sing and dance alongside us from his place in the spirit world. Yes, indeed. Another big thank you to Diane and Susan for being with us today. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Frank Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. We've been your hosts, Kenny C. And Laura Lauricuachegaray. Special thanks to Sharon Peterson on the soundboard. Thank you again for joining us tonight on Full Circle. May you all have a very spooky Halloween. Stay tuned. La Onda Bajita is next.